The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and called him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. My grandfather had the biggest, strongest hands that I had ever seen. Uh, We visited my grandparents frequently when I was growing up. And I remember that My grandfather had a brown corduroy recliner where, in his retirement, he spent most of his time waking and sleeping. I think he might have actually died in that chair, too, but that's a different story. The the brown corduroy recliner was iconic um, in their house. And the recliner was located in their living room in front of the stairs that rose along the back wall of their house. So you could not go upstairs without going past the brown corduroy chair and my grandfather's outstretched hands. So whenever we tried to go upstairs, he would reach out and grab us by the arm, and once he had us, it was impossible to escape. We would wiggle and twist and turn to no avail, and then we'd plead with him until he finally let us go, only to do the very same thing the next time we tried to sneak by. And I can still, to this day, feel what his grip felt like on my arm, which is a gift. His hands were strong and uh, full of compassion. They were larger than life in my mind. They were hands that worked on his car and pushed the lawnmower around the house, hands that pumped his gas and carried the groceries into the house, hands that cooked and hands that steamed crabs in the summer, hands that held the telephone when we called our Uncle Bill in Texas long distance on Thanksgiving. And my grandfather cried every time he called. His hands were weathered yet strong, soft or strong yet caring. His hands made me feel loved and safe. And I think of these hands as I imagine what Jesus' grip might have been like when he reached down to lift Peter out of the waters as he sank down. Peter and the disciples had been sailing against the storm throughout the night. And some of them were fishermen and knew those waters well, and still the scriptures say they were terrified, far out to sea, buffeted by the winds and the waves of the storm, and without Jesus, their fearless leader. And then at dawn, they see a figure walking toward them on the water, and at first they think it's a ghost. They're exhausted, they're afraid, maybe they are a little worried, they're delusional now. 
Then Jesus immediately speaks those words, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. In relief and joy and faith, Peter runs across the water to Jesus, but in a moment of fear and doubt, he begins to sink and cries out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out and, the scriptures say, caught him with those strong hands, and they walked to the boat, and Jesus stilled the storm. There's so much happening in this fantastical short story, but my attention is drawn less to the walking on the water and more to the strong hands of Jesus reaching down for Peter in the midst of the storm, catching him, securing him, raising him up, and bringing him to safety. And his words of reassurance, take heart, it is I, which evokes the divine name I am that God gave to Moses at the burning bush. And do not be afraid, something we hear time and again in the Bible in moments of divine revelation. Often when we read this story, we tend to focus on Peter's fears and doubts, which caused him to sink into the water. It's like how we focus on Thomas's doubt in the Easter resurrection story when Thomas insists on seeing Jesus's wounds to confirm for himself that Jesus has been raised from the dead. We do this in part because it's so easy to relate to. We know that feeling of being so confident in one moment and then so full of doubt the next. Going from all is right with the world to all is wrong with the world in a snap when nothing actually has changed except for our own perspective and the story we tell ourselves. We've all been there, boldly running across the water and then all of a sudden flailing around as the waters rise around us. It's a place we can go to so quickly. And this is the gift of Peter. He's so human. Peter regularly gets something right and then almost immediately gets something wrong. He proclaimed Jesus was the Messiah, but then nearly in the next breath refused the idea that Jesus must die so he could rise again. In that moment, he went from hearing from Jesus, you are Peter, the rock on which I will build my church, to get behind me, Satan. Here he launches out of the boat and onto the water in faith and love and joy and then takes his eyes off Jesus and starts to sink. It's not his heroism, but his humanity that allows us to connect and see ourselves in him, as it does with so many people in the Bible. For all that the Bible teaches us about God, for me, the Bible teaches us just as much about what it means to be human, to be faithful and flawed, sinner and saint, foolish and wise. There's a kind of solidarity here for us in the scriptures. It's not just me, it's not just you. Everybody experiences these things. It's part of the human condition. We are not the only people that go to that place, and we are not alone. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, past and present, who get it right and get it wrong, who succeed and fail, and are still loved unconditionally by God. But then, in our humanity, we can add another unhelpful layer to our interpretation of this story. And we can slide into making this story, and others like it, into a judgment about our doubt, our little faith. We can make the story about our doubt instead of God's overwhelming love and faithfulness in the same way that we fixate on one negative comment in a sea of positive messages, or we obsess over the one thing we did wrong while forgetting all the things that we did right. We could easily leave here thinking, my faith needs to be stronger. I need to do more and do it better and not to doubt. But the good news 
is that it's not about you. And that's actually a very Lutheran thing to say. Because Lutheran theologians remind us that God and Jesus are always the main character of the story, not us. And so we look at the story and we ask, what did Jesus do? Jesus met the disciples right where they were, right in the middle of the storm, in their fear far from shore. And Jesus meets us right where we are, right in the midst of our storms. We've all been on that boat in the storm and been terrified about what comes next, pushed beyond our limits. We've all found ourselves sinking in storming waters, feeling uncertain and overwhelmed. And that's exactly where Jesus meets us. You know, I'm privileged in my job to hear people's stories, and I visited with someone last week that recounted their life story to me from the beginning till now. It was over two hours. But it was such an honor to listen. Um, This person is quite sick, and we met in their hospital room, and they told me their life story essentially for the sake of their funeral, whenever that may be. And they talked about how at every moment in their lives, when something didn't turn out the way that they wanted, it turned out better in the end because God was right there in the midst of it, time after time. And so that even amidst the illness now, they're able to see the good and the grace that is there for them. The whole story was such a powerful testament to God's faithfulness and the power of perspective. Through all these life experiences that have led them here, they know that they are held in the hands of God. Our gospel story today is not a story about our doubt. This is a story about Jesus finding us, reassuring us, saving us, and catching us when we falter. It's a story about how Jesus reaches down to save us with those strong hands and how God reached down to save all of us through Jesus, through his life, death, and resurrection. One commentator writes, Faith is not being able to walk on water. Only God can do that. But daring to believe in the face of all the evidence that God is with us in the boat as it makes its way through the storm, battered by the waves. This is the place that Jesus comes to us. And Jesus says, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Amen.